Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to Simply Holy, a podcast for Catholics who want to grow in holiness and joy by living a simple, everyday spirituality. I'm Marge steinhag Fenlon, and I am so glad to be able to share some thoughts with you today in this podcast. I just returned from Nashville, Tennessee, so so I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Wisconsin, and I was able to, I was blessed to be able to travel to Nashville, Tennessee to be part of the team who presented a retreat to deacons and their wives. Now, I love, love working with deacons and their wives, particularly their wives. This is part of what I do as an instructor for my archdiocese. I, I'm one of the instructors for the Deacon Wives program in our diocese, our archdiocese. But more than loving being with them, I want to share with you some of the things I learned from them. And one of the things I learned from them is the importance of listening to the other's story. So, From observing them and speaking to them and listening to them and hearing, the question I always asked, I tried to mingle, and I think I did a pretty good job of it. I tried to circulate and talk to different people at at each of the different meals and sit with someone else and and get to know them. And one of the the things that comes up again and again, or did come up in our conversations, was their yearning to to alleviate suffering and uplift the other. And how do you do that? By listening. By listening to what the other has to say. And by just being that solid presence, that representation of God or or in the the represent a representation of of our blessed mother to be there and accompany the other 
And that was what the entire retreat and particularly my, my presentation was about. It was accompanying families in crisis. So that was, that was the whole, the whole topic of, of my presentation, families in crisis, how do we accompany them and their difficulties? Now, I'm not going to give you the whole presentation, but I do want to share with you parts of it because I think this is super important, quite frankly. I think it's, it's critical right now in our times because, because quite frankly, <laughs> I think you know it and I know it. Just about everybody is in crisis in some way or another, particularly families. Family is under attack in so many different ways. Uh, our freedoms, our our religious beliefs, I, on and on. I could give you the laundry list. I don't need to. You're experiencing it. You don't. You don't need to hear it again. But but this idea of th- this, you know, the only thing. The only thing that is the same every day is that there's new crises. Do you know what? You're just seeing it. We can see it. We see it in the papers. We hear it in our own lives. So, so this idea of accompanying others in crisis. It was a great privilege for me to be able to talk to these deacons and their wives who are doing just that. They're doing their very best to accompany families in crisis. And the, the reason they brought me in was so that I could give them some tools that they could use in accompanying families in crisis. I think that regardless of our state of life, it's really, really critical for us to Stand up for the family, and I know you. You've you've been if you've been listening, if you've been following me, you know I've I've stood for that. I've, I say that very often. We have to stand up for the family, but now more than ever, when when there's particularly the value of the child, and I, I won't get into the whole abortion issue right now, but 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 the value because the it all starts there. It all starts there when we start devaluing human beings then we start to to devalue each other and we start to devalue the entire concept of marriage. One of the things that, in particular, I talked about with the deacons and their wives was the idea of marriage as covenant. And for those of you listening who are not married, I'm, I'm asking you to, to broaden your minds and see that I'm when I'm speaking of covenant within marriage this also includes our relationship with Christ because it's a covenantal relationship meaning it's a, a commitment that's more than a contract it's more than a promise it's even more than a vow it's an entire giving of self so if you're not married, as I'm talking about these points and, and referring to, to marriage, please understand that this, and, and those who are married, this also encompasses our covenantal relationship with Christ and his church. Because as part of this 
covenant that we're living as Catholic Christians, we are members of the body of Christ. And that's the covenantal relationship. So I spoke to them, the deacons, and and I made a parallel between marriage and the Mass and Holy Mass. And with three points, orientation, reverence, and, and love. The orientation of the Mass, think about what happens when we go to Holy Mass, when we attend Mass. In the Mass, all is offered with Christ to the Father, through the hands of the priest. In marriage, or you could say in our own covenantal relationship with the Trinity and the Church, all is offered with Christ to the Father, but through our own hands. So Mass, all is offered with Christ to the Father, through the hands of the priest, In our lives, in marriage, all is offered with Christ to the Father through our own hands. In Mass, when we gather as a congregation, we give God glory and honor. Look at the next time you go to Mass, just notice that. Notice how much of the Mass is geared toward giving God glory and honor. Well, in marriage, we give God glory and honor through our very living and being in our covenantal relationship with Christ and his body, we give the Holy Trinity, we give God glory and honor through our very living and being, through who we are, what we do, what we say. We give God glory and honor. And of course, if we don't act like Christians, then we're not giving God glory and honor. But I, I want to keep it positive. So we'll we glory we give God glory and honor through our living and being. Now let's look at the reverence of the Mass. So in Mass, in Holy Mass, we genuflect before the tabernacle and either bow or genuflect or even kneel before the Eucharist. That's Mass. We genuflect before the tabernacle and bow, genuflect, or kneel before the Eucharist. Well, in marriage, it's almost as if we could genuflect before our spouse. All right, now don't get any crazy ideas that you're going to go tell your husband or wife that they have to get down on their knees in front of you because this is what Marge said. All right, it's when i'm when i say genuflect i said it's almost as if because what we are doing is we are showing reverence and pay attention to you folks who are not married we're showing reverence for the person before us we are it's almost as if we could genuflect before er, our spouse before the christ within the other person Because Christ dwells in all of us. Christ dwells in us. Christ dwells in all of us. I'm a child of God. The other person is a child of God. And so this should 
elicit such reverence in our hearts that it's almost as if we could genuflect before that other person. When we have this deep reverence, then we have real love. Then we have real love because real love begins with deep reverence. And love that lacks reverence destroys because then it's manipulative, it's possessive, it's self-centered. So let me say that again for you. Real love begins with deep reverence and love that lacks reverence destroys. This, my friend, is true of all our relationships. It's especially so in that covenant relationship of man and wife, but it's also true in our other relationships, in our families, in our church, certainly among the body of Christ, but even with people who may not even be Christian at all. In order to truly love with a Christian love, we must have reverence for the other person. That's really important. And that is not something that you just decide to do. Okay, this is it. Now now I'm going to be reverent toward everybody. This is something that takes a lot of prayer and a lot of humility and asking God for the grace to show great reverence for all of his children and for those of us who are married, particularly to our, our spouse. Takes a lot of grace, a lot of prayer in order to be do, able to do that. So that's what you, there you have it. That's the parallel between mass and marriage, holy mass and marriage. And again, for those who are not married, even for those of you who are members of the religious or clergy, the orientation of mass parallels the orientation of the marriage covenant, the orientation of those who have married Christ through religious vows, married the church through ordination, okay? Ordination, the orientation, I'm sorry, of mass equals the orientation of that covenant. Everything offered to Christ, with Christ, to the Father, through the hands of the priest, everything offered with Christ to the Father through our own hands, all giving glory and honor to God, reverencing the other and truly loving with a a deep reverence. Now within this, this covenantal relationship among the body of Christ and, and within marriage, we should not be surprised when we are sent crosses or hardships, sometimes crosses and hardships, we should not be surprised at that because 
This is part of that covenant. This is what it means to be a Christian. Because we pick up our cross, and we accept our cross, and we follow Christ. So we shouldn't be surprised at that. We shouldn't be surprised when we make mistakes. Because we are suffering the effects of original sin. So we're going to make mistakes. And sometimes making a mistake can be a cross or a hardship for us. We should never be surprised because this is part of, it's beautiful and it's cleansing. It's part of that covenant that we are living with the church, with the mystical body of Christ, with our spouse. Never be surprised. Let me share just a little story with you. Three of our four children were born prematurely. And two of those three, we came very close to losing. In fact, in fact, our daughter, she died. She did die as, as an infant, as a newborn. And it took them three times, three times they resuscitated her. And finally, after that third time, that little heart got beating again. She started breathing again. And, 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 now she's a beautiful young woman. So in any case, when our youngest was in the neonatal intensive care unit, which is where the premature babies go, or the very sick babies, when when our youngest was in there, you know, it's those of you who have had premature children or very sick babies who have been in the neonatal intensive care unit, you know yourselves that it's it's otherworldly it's like this whole it's like this this space in time that is completely separated from the world around you it's a very surreal experience and and it's like its own little city its own little world well when you're you have a baby in the we called it the NICU you get to know the other parents because you're going through basically the same things, the tubes, the wires, the procedures, the ups, the downs, the separation, the agony of not being able to hold your, your child. It, it, okay. So, so anyway, it's, it's a camaraderie and it's a concern for each other. One of the other parents who had a child at the same time as our youngest in the NICU. It was a young woman. And when she would come in to visit her baby, she, it's very hard even now to explain. The, the look on her face was complete bewilderment. She had difficulty relating to her child in the sense that it wasn't like she didn't love the child, but she was so overwhelmed by what had happened. And she was always disheveled. You know, most of us, we, we maybe, you know, put on some, some clothing to, to go. You could do that. Or at least you know, try to fix herself up a bit. But she just completely disheveled. I, I, I felt so sorry for her. And even her walk was so defeated and struggling. And 
the shuffling of the feet and always looking down and even the shoulders down. It was, it was so sad. And I would try to strike up conversations with her. And every conversation was pretty much the same. And yeah, I still, I, uh, wow, I just shake my head because I feel so sorry for her. It, it, it always ran the same. Hi, how you doing? What's new today with your baby? And, you, and all she would do is shake her head and say, I don't understand. How can this be? I don't understand. Everything was fine. There were no problems with my pregnancy. I took good care of myself. I did everything the doctor told me. The birth was fine. But then when the baby came out, they told me something was wrong and they'd have to put the baby here. I don't understand. And, you know, again, over and over, you know, we'd just cycle around. It'd be basically the same conversation. I would try as hard as I could to console her and to give her some kind of hope. Here's... Here's the clincher. She had absolutely no faith. I don't mean just no trust in God. I mean, she had no concept of who God is. Not the tiniest bit. No concept of who God is. No ability to relate. No ability to call on a higher being. Nothing. And and I... You know, I look back and I, I, I'm, I'm mad at my former self, but even today, I don't know how I would have, I don't know if I would have done, done anything different because there was no, I didn't even know how to reach out to her. There wasn't even a common denominator there. She had no concept of God. Well, consequently, the marriage ended, you know, and the, and the father was pretty much the same, just always very quiet. Well, the marriage ended before the baby even went home two months later. And then I never saw them again. So I had no ability to reach out further. This is what I mean by this idea of not being surprised by crosses and hardships or mistakes. And I'm not saying that that young mother made any mistakes. I'm talking generally here. This is part of that covenantal relationship. And this young woman had no covenantal relationship. She had nothing to hang on to. When we make that covenant as spouses, as member of the religious, as a clergy member, we make that covenant, we are making a promise to completely give ourselves to the other. And that is God, our spouses. And to accept the other 100% without any binding put on that. This is covenantal relationship. This is, this is that orientation of daily life paralleling the orientation of of the mass. I think this is so important for us to really 
drive home into our hearts and help others to understand. We should not be surprised by what's going on in the world or how things are being shaken up. This is part of living our covenant with the mystical body of Christ. And and it's a, a beautiful thing. And in that we can find great joy because we know that something far, far greater lies waiting for us on the other side. And that is that is eternity. That is God in his in his full presence. It's the Blessed Trinity. It's our Blessed Mother Mary. It's Saint Joseph. And and please do not forget that right now you have accessible to you all the grace you need to get through anything and to fully live that covenantal relationship. You have you have at your disposal all the grace you need. You have the intercession of all of the saints. You have very powerful intercessors in St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother Mary, your patron saint, so many others. Please never forget that. So the orientation of the Mass and the orientation of our daily lives. Well, my friend, time went very quickly, and I'm delighted that I could have this time with you. I'd like to ask you, please, if you found anything I said today worth noting, then please like this podcast. Please share it with the people in your lives. and. Please also go to my website, margefenelin.com. You can find out how to book me for a retreat, conference, presentation of any kind. Bring me to your parish. You can also find out how we could set up an online event if you prefer that, margefenelin.com. My books are there. I've got religious articles for you there to help enrich your spiritual life. You can also find my other episodes of Simply Holy and my videos plus my blog. There's all kinds of great stuff there for you. And something else, so wonderful that waiting there for you at MargeFenelon.com. You can get a free ebook, my free ebook, Nine Prayers I Say Every Day. They are awesome prayers, and you will you will love them. You, and they will help you in your spiritual life, I promise. So go to marchfenland.com, get the ebook, Nine Prayers I Say Every Day. And until soon, my friend, please remember that the only thing stopping you from becoming holy is the excuse that you make for not pursuing it. Hey, may God bless you, and may our Mother Mary protect and guide you always go out there and live that covenant. God bless you.
This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.